the Bellows, the official podcast of the Story Anvil website, where we focus on discussing the different hobbies and entertainment we enjoy and how to use them to build better stories. I'm David, and this is my co-host, Ed. Hello. Uh, this is us. We're fixing episode one because we wanted to refocus the podcast a bit. Uh, a little bit of a mess. <laughs> what have you been up to recently? Um, well, a big milestone for me is I finished the uh, sci-fi book I'm working on. I finished the first draft, so I'm going to take a little break in the writing and just um, kind of do some other like tertiary things for a little while, and then uh, in about another week or so, I'll probably jump into editing it, and then another 12 years later, I might be able to submit it to something. <laughs> That would be pretty amazing. It, it would be cool. It's the goal, anyway. But who knows how it'll go. So, I mean, the goal isn't to write it and put it in a drawer somewhere and pretend you never did it. And there, then after there, you die, it explodes and it gets big. <laughs> there, there were... Uh, those are already the goals for other ones that are already in drawers. So, oh, from the, the next part... <laughs> I'm an achiever, is the problem. <laughs> So uh, we did talk a lot about um, uh, some of the hobbies we had been doing a little bit of, and I know you've been doing a huge amount of, like you've been really into models for tabletop games of all kinds, and especially the terrain. So you want to give everybody a little update on what's going on with that? Sure. Uh, most I found this channel on YouTube, uh, Black Magic Craft. Check him out. He's pretty cool. Uh, and he has a lot of guides for using XPF foam, which is uh, basically the blue or pink insula thick insulation foam for houses, and using that to create different terrains. And I fell in okay. love with it because I like making cheap things that are neat. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so I picked up a hot wire saw and a bunch of foam from Lowe's. And started going at it. And so far, I've made a whole bunch of uh, little 3x3 three three dungeon tiles. And then a few other things, like some traps and some scatter terrain and outdoorsy right. stuff. So for the people who um, may be curious, your um, your foam, the hot wire saw, uh, I, I've seen it. So I, I, you know, I know it's like a table saw, except it's kind of a small-scale table saw. But... Um, if somebody wants to get into that, what can they look to drop on something like that if they so, want to start doing it themselves? I got the Proxon model, which you can pick up on Amazon or any like a Home Depot Lowe's type store. Mm -hmm. uh, and mine ran, I think, I want to say like 120. Between 100 and okay, 100. That's not bad at all. No, all right. and it comes with enough wire for a really long time like you're not gonna have to replace that wire forever i think i've had one wire break and i lost like two inches and there's a couple feet of it in the spool okay and i yeah and it sounds like if you're gonna because i've seen how much you've done for our games and it's it sound it looks like it's probably paid for itself in saving how much frustration you would be going through if you had just bought like a a little yeah they have like little handheld they have like little handheld ones that a lot of the model train guys use. Right. And they have like hot knives. And I could try to do a lot of the stuff I'm doing, but getting like a straight edge without some sort of guide like is built into the hot wire saw right. would be mm -hmm. 
ridiculously difficult. As it is, yeah. I can't get them perfect without practice. So I, know, I can't imagine. I know with our hot knife, when we did the hot knife stuff before, we had like just a cheap hot knife. We used like a metal ruler to do it, which was okay. But I feel like if you're going to like that's a good way to start into the hobby you know just give it a try see if you like it but if if you've already kind of determined that you like doing this stuff that that i feel like that table saw has been pretty awesome yeah those, honestly those tiles look great the thing that's more annoying and difficult is getting the foam in the right size depending on where you live it only comes in certain thicknesses if you live in a colder place like we do then I can't get quarter-inch thick foam here in the store. I have to special order it. Oh, that's Same thing pain. with half-inch. I can get mm. one or two-inch, but that's real thick, and I would have to mill down every piece I cut, which is a giant pain. Ugh. So I, But, I mean, it's not so hard. I just had to call Home Depot and be like, hey, I want this, and they put it in order, and it came in like a week later. And it's super cheap. I think I bought, I don't know, like four feet by six feet for 30 bucks or something. Oh, yeah, so you can make a whole ton of stuff out of that. A ton. It mostly okay. was a pain to get it home. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Four foot by six foot slab of foam doesn't fit in a sedan real well. <laughs> well, sure it does. You just break it up into little pieces. <laughs> right, but the goal was not to like shatter it all crooked, so I'm in the parking lot with the X-Acto knife I bought in the store that day trying to like cut straight lines down so I can shove chunks of this in my car. Ah, that's how you get ruined. <laughs> So I know we were using it a lot with our um, our Pathfinder games, and there is a um, we've used some of it before, like the Dental Stone stuff, which was painted and looked really awesome. But uh, speaking of Pathfinder, um, we talked about in our first episode one a bunch about Pathfinder 2.0, and I was hoping we could touch on that again because that sounds like it's going to be a pretty exciting update. Um, the reason we like talking about, or the reason we're going to go into this. It's because um, David and I both enjoy telling stories and doing anything that involves stories. Uh, we play video games mainly for the story. Um, David likes a little more of a challenge than I do. I'm a big baby, and I don't really care anything about a challenge. I just want a good story and to look cool. But I also want to play RPGs because of the kind of stories you you get to tell in those games and the kind of options you have that... Uh, can just kind of let your imagination go crazy. So uh, I know David, you by you guys in my game throwing off the rails repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't go off the rails at least three hundred times, it wouldn't be a game session. <laughs> We're always going to go the opposite way. Um, so David, I know you know a decent amount about two point or at least a lot more than I do. So um, you want to get us started on maybe a little bit of update on what is changing and what is upcoming in 2.0? Sure. Uh, mostly it's a lot of rules stuff. So uh, I, it's still going to be... That everybody, same. it's a lot of fun. Tons of rules. Uh, it's a lot of changes <laughs> to the rules. Uh, as far as I know, it's still going to be taking place in uh, Galorian, which is their default setting for the game, which is all... Of is that where things. the Pathfinders live? Is that, like, their Pathfinder society? Yeah. Is that yeah. the... Okay, all right. It's the, and it, like, it's the planet that is basically a prison for the god that wants to destroy the universe. Oh, right, right, okay. And, okay. Uh, the new campaign we're playing where the whole nation is, like, affiliated with the devils and the hell knights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a lot of changes to the classes. Uh, they changed 
a lot of the focus of the classes, which is some of it is really interesting and some of it's more just mechanical tuning. Uh, like the Bard, which came out recently, is occult magic based. So it's going to be very different feel magic wise, the Bard's magic, than like a sorcerer or a cleric. Uh, whereas previously, a Bard felt just sort of like a weaker sorcerer with a couple of weird healing spells thrown in. Mm -hmm. My understanding is his spell list should be very strange now. Which is a oh, cool because okay. it'll help give him a lot of identity because currently the bard was still just the uh, I do things everyone else does not as good but very flexible like the it, the jack of all cha trades problem where he can do a lot of things kind of okay whereas if your group had like a healer of uh, someone to do damage and someone to pick locks and be sneaky the bard doesn't serve a lot of purpose right. <laughs> his niche gets narrowed in pretty quick. Uh, right, right. Things like uh, magic is going to be kind of weird. Uh, so they got rid of zero-level spells, and instead now they have cantrips, which is confusing because the old zero-level spells used to be called cantrips, but it, previously mm -hmm. it was your zero-level spells were uh, parlor tricks. Like, uh, I can make floaty lights, or I can make some noise, or I can right, shoot yeah. a ray mm -hmm. of cold that does less damage than a solid kick. Um, right, right. But now your cantrips are still the spells that you can cast like an unlimited time per day, but they'll scale with your level. So instead of your ray of frost being like you throw a rock at somebody when you're level five, it'll be like you're throwing a lightning bolt at them, basically. It'll be the, oh, okay. the high level okay. damage. Um, and there's 10th level spells. We haven't really seen what those look like. I imagine they're going to be earth shatteringly crazy. <laughs> i can't recall we, we almost never get high enough because uh we suck at rpgs but um when we go when you say 10th level spells i know that's different than the player level what what player level would somebody be when they get well, a 10th level spell currently it goes to nine and you get ninth level spells at like level 17 or 18 Okay, so very, a, like, real high. Right, on a 20-level scale. So right, you right. can imagine 10th-level spells will be there or higher. I imagine 18 or 19. Uh, right, but okay. at that point, you're literally throwing moons at people and ridiculous things like that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, skills. Uh, they're really expanding what skills are capable of. Mm -hmm. So, And you get a bunch more feats now. So you'll get your normal feats, which can be the any of them pulled from the giant list then your class instead of you just getting a discrete list of abilities like every cleric at this level gets this thing every bard at level this gets this thing instead mm -hmm. it'll be every few levels you get a class feat and so it's like what type of cleric do you want to be what type of bard do you oh want so to be? they're more like okay so instead of a, a thing that comes out of a cookie cutter they give you like a choice of i don't know five or ten things to right. pick from at that level so uh it's almost like an old school um like MMO with right. that, with those ta with talent trees and stuff. Like all all warriors have the same three talent trees, but they can pick multiple things within those talent trees to play their character differently. Exactly. Except as we know with Pathfinder, you're going to have forty seven talent trees to pick from. <laughs> uh, but and I'm, I'm going to pick the same one every time. It's really cool because that gives <laughs> a lot of opportunity for story. Because playing like a fighter, right? Fighters were pretty standard. You could be a a sword and board fighter. You could be a two handed fighter be an archer fighter you'd be like a rifle gun fighter you could be there were several things you could be but at the end of the day you were the guy who was good with weapons and armor and you killed stuff now with these feats uh you can be like i'm a fighter 
but I'm all about uh, intimidating my foes with big displays of weapons and stuff, which you can do now, but I imagine there's going to be more opportunity for as you can cut. It'll be in addition to the right. units, you can customize your whole class around your focus. Maybe they maybe they'll kind of streamline the the ability to do those kind of things. So rather than uh, really needing to go super deep into not only the core rule books but many other rule books to be able to know exactly what skills you're going to pick, exactly when, or simply going online and typing something in and getting it like handed to you. Maybe they'll that it'll be a little more streamlined. So if you want to be a fighter that is just sword and board, and that's easy to do. But if you want to be one that's uh, technically a fighter, but you've got the 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 hat with the feather and the swashbuckling and swinging on ropes and things, that'll be easier for you to kind of figure out rather than having to find it in some kind of sub- obscure book that you may yeah. not have access to. And you'll get choices every level now. It won't just be, all right, well, I picked my feet, so next level I don't do anything but fill in some numbers. So right, it'll be right. every level will be like, ooh, what class thing do I want to do? What fill, feet do I want to do? What skill feet do I want to get? Which is another branch of feats that you're going to get, which lets okay. you do crazy things with your skills. Like uh, I was talk- we talked about before, uh, you have different proficiencies with your skills. So rather than getting skill points that you're assigning at certain points, levels you're going to get uh skill proficiency increases so you'll be an average stealther or a master stealther or a legendary stealther and then you can get skill feats that scale with them so uh if you have stealth you get the skill feat uh, i don't know we'll call it sneaky or something right right uh, right and when you're legendary what that feat gives you like uh when you're master that feat gives you some bonuses on stealthing right when you're legendary it says you're always assumed to be sneaking at all times, no matter, even if you don't mention it, even if there's not cover around. <laughs> so we'll never have to hear Riley say, roll a dice and then just say, I'm sneaky now. <laughs> right. Or like, uh, there's one for acrobatics called Catfall, and it's like, uh, at lower proficiencies, you treat falls as less less of a distance, so you take less damage. Mm-hmm. But a legendary, it says you can fall from any height without taking any damage. Oh, that's cool. I jump off the moon. Uh, okay, you're going <laughs> to die. Nope, I'm fine. I land on my feet. <laughs> so you can roll. really like super heroic level stuff, even if you're not a wizard. Which That is would the- be cool. Oh, the, that's right. Um, when we first recorded this, you were mentioning that kind of those kind of feats, and it was like, because uh, the, the problem was is that a fighter at that level is going to, you know, he's going to do a lot of attacks and do a lot of damage with his axe, but that's his only that's the only thing he can do whereas a wizard you know can summon a celestial and then pause time stop time and fireballs and, and right yeah. and and the okay so it'll give it'll give some of the other classes a little more of a catch up to those kind of uh huge huge things that like wizards and sorcerers and, right and obviously uh, the spellcasters are still going to be able to do crazy ridiculous things like that but when it comes around just everybody else can do a crazy ridiculous thing now too exactly exactly <laughs> um and so like i said it's a lot of uh mechanical changes but it has the potential for a lot of really interesting story mechanics with the things about customizing right. your class and if you like spend a bunch of your skill focuses in certain areas then you can customize your character even more right and as you know i create a character with a picture first before i ever put it on paper so it's instead of 
putting something on paper and then trying to come up with something in my head about a character that I like, I usually pick one from some artwork or something that I like, and then it becomes. And a lot of times that's Hell Knight armor, uh, Hell Knight pictures. Oh, about ninety-five percent. Um, but <laughs> the, but that's the thing is having that in my head, and it's like, oh wow, this is really cool. And then we got to spend three hours trying to search and and pour through things that gets me to like not for a Hell Knight, for example, but like something that I can play that might be in line with um, what you have in your head. right with with what I kind of have in my head. And where it sounds like maybe this might be something where that's not really going to be as necessary it'll be nice to be able to have that in my head and be able to use these um these feats to and it has guide that path for even outside of your standard adventure combat mode right like i know a lot of times you like your character to be like a blacksmith right and you're like oh, okay i put some skill points a blacksmith that's what i do in my downtime is i craft some swords but now if you want to dedicate a couple feats to that you can be a legendary blacksmith which means you're capable of crafting magic swords with a hammer and an anvil without even being a spellcaster. <laughs> like you're such a good blacksmith you could hit metal so hard that you could make it be a flaming sword <laughs> you know not for nothing but i when we talked about this last time i kind of thought um, I, I don't know how interesting it would be, but I, I was one curious on how interesting it might be to play a campaign with this new system, and instead of putting points into all these like fighting things, we put it into um, uh, downtime, social stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, social stuff, and your and your ability to create things, and it, like just items or you know carpenter, for example, right, and then play a campaign through like where you're in a city and you're a um i don't know some kind of scrimshaw artist or something and you pour your points into that and you you get more notoriety and more money and you know maybe somebody doesn't like the fact that you're horning in on their territory so they come and break your stall or something you know st just stuff like that like i think that game less could be a lot of fun i think if i did that we might not use pathfinder because oh well just uh so there's a I don't remember the words, the exact words, but there's a maxim about how you can analyze a game, right? And there's three axes, and it's uh, what does a game let players do, what does a game encourage players to do, and what does a game reward players to do, right? And Pathfinder, uh, in all three of those axes, is, is stab things. It has right. some. It has some <laughs> other things that it does it tries really hard to have a decent social skill set and it has a lot of optional systems to do downtime or kingdom building like we do with kingmaker and stuff like that right but at the end right. of the day mm -hmm. you get xp for overcoming challenges which most of the time involves stabbing things right Whereas, yeah mm -hmm. uh, there are other game systems that i think would be really cool playing a game like that like a uh, fate or uh, maybe even a dogs in the vineyard remember we played a session or two of that yeah i, yeah, I do where it's like yeah. i'm an i'm an adventurer but I'm only called on to save the world once every few years, like is reasonable in any <laughs> sane world. Right. Uh, and so it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm the famous adventurer, you know, Garthak, but I still have to eat. And I spent all my gold on hookers and blackjack. So, you know. And that, and that plate mail that cost, you know, 100,000. Right, gold. which is now hanging on my wall until the next time Parthax the dragon attacks. <laughs> and now I need to like, you know, I want my business to succeed, and so I need to make really good armor, but I also need to negotiate with the town councils so that I don't get, you know, they don't rezone my shop to the temple district or something. 
Right, or they're like, well, he's a he's a famous adventurer. He must be rich, so we're gonna tax his goods like crazy. And you got to convince them that that's not, you know, they shouldn't do that. Right. I think that. I really feel like cool. it could it could be interesting. I think I think it could be interesting, but I also think it could, um, it might be a huge failure. <laughs> See, that's part of one of the things that I with the storytelling aspect of these games is that I know you love one of your big loves of RPGs stems from the fact that the rules it's, it's about what the rules let you do, like how they let you tell a story, how they let you, uh, what, what does that, the rules that the kind of make a box and what can you do either inside or outside that box, but within the constraints of those rules to tell the best story and the story that interests you the most. Right. It's the I see a lot of stuff online. And because a lot of people uh, have the opposite platform that I do. And they prefer very, very light systems, if any systems at all. And they want to just do collaborative storytelling. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you go into it doing. If you want to sit around a campfire and like do the thing where everyone tells a chapter of a story and passes it off, great. That's a thing you do. But that's not a game right mm -hmm. like telltale games right. right they make those uh the story games those aren't mm -hmm. games those are interactive novels that you occasionally click in right there's no challenge there's no system that you have to work right. inside of and so right mm -hmm. i like a framework because that lets that gives human beings work better in frameworks right you are Art through adversity. Yeah, if you tell a person, uh, make something up, and he's like, about what? And you're like, anything. A lot of times, that person's going to freeze because humans don't work like that. But if you're like... Right, when you have the infinite to work with, all of a sudden, there's nothing. But if you're like, <laughs> tell me a story about a fallen, disgraced knight trying to find his daughter, uh, and it's the winter's coming, and it's going to be the harshest winter ever, and he's on a limited time frame, uh, and he's out of food, and he's stuck in the woods. Go right that's right, a nice right. framework that you can build a story inside of right well and and well you've kind of already told the story but <laughs> but that's, with, that's especially with start. things like <laughs> but especially with the uh um with the rpgs it's like i like the idea that when you have something like uh magic missile i like when they create the idea that that is um that that's a it's a magical effect that somebody can use, but there's no reason it can't be fire. There's no reason it can't be lightning. There's no reason it can't be musical notes that you're shooting at people out of your awesome rock guitar. Absolutely. So that, to me, is a great way to uh, interpret something. And it, it, I get it when somebody has, like, a spell is called Fireball or something. Still, and even then... It's the one right, and this is something I try to encourage all new players to wrap their heads around because a lot of times it can get boring to be like, I cast my level three spell, I do twenty eight damage. Moving on, right? That's boring. Right, but right. even if it's fireball, it's like my fireball looks like a black cackling skull that explodes into a thousand mm -hmm. screaming faces. Mm -hmm. Sure, it still does twenty eight fire damage, but it looks awesome, and it invokes it evokes a very visceral reaction, right? Well, and I think one of the main reasons that, like, when, is it, you know, for people out there who have terrible DMs, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I have a great DM in David because one of the great things about it is if, like, if as long as we use the rules of Fireball, 
right? All the rules stay the same, and we just call it like heavy bass note. <laughs> and in my in the in the story, right? In the story of my character, he 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 gents the shit out of some enemies, and they can't handle it, and they explode, and they hit, and they take all that fire damage. All the rules stay the same. All the fairness, all the balance of the rule system remains the same. It's just in the narrative that I'm telling, it does what I want. And it's, and you know, it's, I feel bad for people who, I think you've told us about DMs who are, who are very anti that kind of thing. And I feel terrible for people who have to deal with that. But, you know, we're lucky enough that we can do those kind of things. And when we have a cool idea. I mean, as long as it fits within the rules and doesn't destroy the game. Well, and it's, cares, it's about right? intention, I mean... right? Like, even if it goes outside the rules, like, it's like, uh, uh, I want my uh, fireball, you know, I'm really about storms, so can my fireball do lightning damage? It's like, sure, from now on, all your fireballs are lightning-based. You know, like, that's perfectly balanced. You're not saying it does, you know, unblockable holy damage. I don't care. I can flex the rules. We just want to make sure no one feels stepped on. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not like uh, all my fireballs are like small nuclear missiles, so um, they level entire cities, and they and they're uh, first level spells. They're black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we touched on um, pretty much everything we wanted to talk about. We did. Uh, well, there's there's a, one of my strongest pieces of advice today for our listeners is if you're a DM, mm -hmm. uh, I've heard a lot of things. It's like your job is to entertain the players, which is bullshit. You're all here to play a game and enjoy yourselves together. Everyone's job is to tell a great story. As the DM, your job is to present opportunities for your players to feel awesome. That's your job. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. at the end of the day, your players, you know, you're when you're packing it up or grabbing food afterwards and your players can't stop talking about how they did an amazing thing that session, that's a win as a DM. Yeah. Yeah. You get your awesomeness and out I, of their awesomeness. Right. And I would say as a player, on the same note, take some agency over story take some agency over the fun that you're having in the game if you are having a garbage time really take a look at what's going on and see if it's because your dm is not presenting you with a fun story uh, because if you're surrounded by people who are having a great time and you're the only one not enjoying yourself it might be your problem and uh, sometimes it can be because you're not into it, and that's fine. But other times it's because these kind of games require you to kind of put a little thought in it. Not even a lot, just a little bit of thought into your character and to be able to kind of want to be in this adventure that you're having. So I would say, I would say if you're not having a great time, make sure you put in some effort into your story and see how that might change the outcome of what you're do of of the entertainment you're getting. Absolutely. Uh, so thanks for listening to our show today, guys. Uh, you can find this and other episodes on iTunes, Podbean, soon to be Google Play, and other podcaster areas. Uh, you can find uh, this podcast as well as other articles and the Mucky in the Comics, Mucky in the Stables webcomic. Sorry, my Ed. Uh, <laughs> on storyanvil.com uh, you can follow me on twitter and instagram at david the dm where i mostly post pictures of uh, paints and hobby stuff i do and occasionally cons and stuff i go to uh, 
our other social medias will be on the website. And until next time, uh, keep your forges hot and your stories sharp, everyone. Good night. Thank you.